Again I rise, resplendent in blood. Awakened to the terrible power of Lady Rushlight, I will scatter the ashes of their dead sons to the four winds, offering their souls as tribute to guide her passage between worlds. Hey everybody, it's time to roll for intent. I'm your GM, Trevor. We have a great show today, tonight. I don't know what time it is where you're listening, but we're going to have a great time. We'll see. We'll really see now that Todd tried to kill all of you inadvertently. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. It's, it's okay. This is the season finale. I'm looking forward to our season two characters. <laughs> It'll be great. No, not ours. <laughs> Cash Act doesn't even know this guy. Yeah, Billiam's running already. <laughs> Honey, get the kids. We gotta go. <laughs> oh, man. We learned something about two of our cast members. <laughs> And this has we to be keep discussed. warning things about Ray, and I'm worried. I feel like I'm always the to- the banter topic, and I'm okay with it. You're slowly <laughs> becoming the black sheep of this podcast. I, like not- I learn, a- I learn another thing about you every week that just like steps you a lower degree. <laughs> but as long as Bill, the, the Bill is sheltered, and Raymond can take all the, the shit from it, that's all that matters. Well, we, we, we used to th- we used to think that that Billiam and Raymond were kind of like the same person, but it turns mm-hmm. out Bill is nope. so much better than oh, Ray. Oh yeah, yeah. Bill is who I, Bill is who Raymond strives to be on a daily basis. I love Billiam. Billiam is a social buffer. Bill is everything good about. Raymond, still down to a fictional character. Yeah, I am. I, he's good, Abed. I am evil, Abed. That's exactly yep. what it is. <laughs> well, if we were to break this into an anime reference, um, Billiam is Kami and Raymond is King Piccolo. Yes. Huh. Does that make you Yancha? No, he's Piccolo Jr. at this point, right? Because King Piccolo is long dead. Depends on where you are in the series. I guess that's true. So, Ray- Raymond, Raymond, what, what do you have to share with us? Yeah. Okay. So, I didn't think this was a big deal. And I've never thought this was a big deal, but... I bet you haven't. I am a 28-year-old male. Hey there, listener. Sarah the Intro Lady with a content warning for this week's banter. Usually we can herd these cats away from overly crude subject matter and onto other things, cutting and saving the questionable content for blackmail purposes. But this week, it just wasn't possible. The banter we have queued up discusses male genitalia at length for comedic purposes, as we explore the reasons that a couple of our cast members refuse to wear underwear. If that doesn't sound like it tickles your fancy, you can fast forward to about the 12-minute mark and forget this like a bad memory. But if hearing about dangly bits sounds like a good time, continue at your own peril. And how old was I in seventh grade? Probably 11 years old, 10 years old. It's like 13. And I decided that that was the age that I no longer needed to wear underwear. (sighs) Why? That's the perfect time, too, you know, when you're ripe. Yeah, well, so when you you start to get really stinky. So here's the thing here's the actual legit start of it all was I had a friend who was a couple years older than me, and he was already in high school. Oh, grooming, I see. I was was (laughs) was going into middle school, and they were like, just so you know, you're going to have to change. In front of everybody, I was like, I don't care. I, I change at camp. It's not a big deal. Whatever. I was like, but be careful because you might get pantsed. And if you're not wearing cool boxers, they're going to make fun of you. Well, I couldn't afford, my parents couldn't afford cool boxers for me. So I was like, well, I'm just not going to wear any boxers. So the, <laughs> like the second day of school, the, 
This is why a porcupine has quills. <laughs> <laughs> so the second day of school, I had, I had like people were like, we're going to pants you. And I was like, I'm not wearing any underwear. Don't pants me. And they're like, liar. And I was like, try me. Call and they my pulled, bluff. They pulled my pants down and everyone stared at my little seventh grade, seventh grade wiener. And then <laughs> from that moment on, everyone was like, don't pants Raymond. He has no underwear. He has no underwear on. I, I, I would like to say that, uh, it, that it's, it's an excellent way to get kids to not talk to you. Because I remember in middle school, there also was a, a kid in my grade who was a, a social outcast. And um, I don't know if he was being harassed or, or whatnot by other kids, but he just ripped his shorts down and ripped out his dick. And from <laughs> that point onward... Nobody really talked to him or messed with him that much. It's a See, power move. And now he's in jail. <laughs> See, I, I'm entirely team Raymond on this one. I, I too, Raymond, have to uh, do the exact same thing as you, except I did it. I did it back when Taft was in charge. Oh. <laughs> well, no one. <laughs> so it was normal? No one really wore underwear back then, so that's understandable. Yeah, right? I, I did it before. It was cool. It was <laughs> but here's, here's the, uh, the other addition to it is that uh, while... You know, it was before my I had a little seventh grade wiener, but mine <laughs> mine was reading at an eleventh grade level. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah, so no, and so then I I I I was embarrassed that I wasn't wearing underwear. So I had my parents still buy me underwear because I was like I did, I don't know, I didn't want them to know that I wasn't wearing any underwear to school. So they just continuously bought me underwear and I would sleep in it. So I would go my entire day and then I'd be like, time for bed. Let me put my underwear on. And I would sleep in my underwear. That's the only time I have underwear. I, I, I have underwear. It's the only time I ever wear it is, is to go to bed. But throughout the day, I don't wear it. It's so much, it's so much more freeing. I, don't, I mean, it's just. <laughs> See, you say all this, Raymond, but, uh, uh, you know, at my age, which is severely higher than yours, um, I can show you some pictures of your future. And uh, <laughs> let me tell you, while, while you may be soft and supple now, you are looking at a gnarled tree root not far away. <laughs> this is why Todd always wears a kilt. <laughs> yeah, come, come find me. <laughs> the number one question I always get is, is aren't you afraid you're going to zip up your wiener in your, in your, in your pants? Or That's a kilt. ludicrous. I care about, I very much so care about my wiener. Why would I ever put it in harm's way like that? Well, I mean, you, th you treat it, you treat it like gun discipline. You don't put your finger on the trigger and wave it around the entire time. You take very special care while you handle that package. Thank you. Exactly. I like you how there's to, two people yeah. vehemently defending this point and then four others on the other side of the Zoom call just like slowly <laughs> nodding. Like, yes. No, that's fine. You know oh, what? Of people, people were slowly uh, backing out of the room. <laughs> people had a very, people were very welcoming to Raymond being an absolute monster of a human being. I know. Carts across. But you know what? Because I've joined in on this and that now I am on your side. Your social currency just got devalued. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're making my street cut go down, Todd. Stop. Yep. <laughs> this is what I do. I ruin all the fun. <laughs> so, like, does does your dick not like get irritated by rubbing it up against the uh, like denim? Like, yeah. Like, how do you wear jeans? Um, it's calloused. It's got a fingernail at the end of it now. Yeah, right. I, told you. <laughs> I guess what's got, the, got two knuckles, baby. Well, what's oh, the man. difference? I mean, it's either going to rub up against your underwear, which is, is which is. I mean, it's not like you're wearing silk Soft unless cotton. you're wearing silk. Speak for yourself, you fucking degenerate. <laughs> Mr. I care about my Johnson, and then you're just throwing it in a burlap sack all day and sweat <laughs> and rash. Like, it's, it's the difference between like wearing a modern cotton shirt and wearing like sackcloth. Yeah, no, I wear uh, the what I wear is uh, chainsaw proof, so it's it's extra rough. If you really cared about your dick, Raymond, you would just not wear pants at all. True. I I mean, 
to, if I think about it, I don't own many jeans. Yeah, but like crimes, right? That's something to take into consideration. I stopped wearing cords a long time ago. <laughs> I was going to say corduroy has got to be rough. I stopped wearing cords a long time ago. Yeah, you, you're you always much, setting a fire. In I was going to say you yeah, carried around crush. a burnt match in your, exactly. your pants all day. Long. No, no, you sort of just you, you sort of just pick a side and you tuck it in there, and then uh, we're really we're really isolating our female listeners here. You sort of take a side. And you oh, just we tuck had so it. many. <laughs> I know. And you tuck it in there, and then I mean, it's unless unless I'm unless a breeze hits me a certain way, and then really, it's not that bad. I tie mine around <laughs> my waist like like belt from the Crudes. <laughs> <laughs> my nice. God, you can use that as an excuse to wear velour jumpsuits all the time. <laughs> yeah, right. No, I, I he never wears underwear, but half the time I've seen him, he's been in a green morph suit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just just wait a couple more, another another dozen years or so, and you're gonna notice bark forming. <laughs> And it's gonna oh strip off like a birch tree. It's very convenient though. If I, I if yeah. I need to pee quickly, boom, right out. That's if jeans. Yep. And, and that's the thing. It's, Our, it's a, it'd be a defensive foreskin. You think it's? Hold on. You think it's any more difficult if I have boxers on? Yeah, of course, because you have to unbutton, zip, and then I mean, it depends on what what you're wearing. You either open the hole and go through the hole, <laughs> or you pull it down and go up and over. You just leave it just, out the hole at all times. <laughs> I don't know why, Raymond, but I just imagined you as one of those people who at the urinal who just pulled their pants all the way down. The <laughs> <All ankles. laughs> well, and like half the time, I mean, I'm not, I don't wear jeans. I don't wear pants every single day. I wear shorts. I wear lots of stuff. So it's like, I mean, these shorts that I'm wearing, I don't know. I guess I don't know what material. These it are, must be fucking yeah. nice in Southern California to have yeah, a choice of not ex- wearing pants. Yeah. I mean, I would, I own four pairs of pants. Only what two of them are jean. Other are other ones. I don't know what they are. They're not like some people in Michigan wore four pair of pants today <laughs> at the same time. Yeah, the rest of yeah. them, I, I have like like eight pairs of shorts. I normally wear shorts. Okay, Raymond, when you got married and you were like standing up at the like the front of the church or wherever it is you got married, were you wearing underwear? <laughs> no, I didn't wear underwear. Oh, when you were that. saying when you were saying your vows to the love of your life. Were you wearing underwear? And I was not. And you know what's great is after... He didn't stop the wedding to put them on. After five... Yeah, after five <laughs> years. After five years, if I go... If, if I come home or if I'm home and Cammy gets home and I go into the room and I start to undress and I have underwear on, she's like, where the fuck have you been, huh? Why are mm-hmm. you wearing underwear? That's worse than lipstick on a collar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If I wear underwear, she's like, oh... You must have went somewhere today. Yeah, like, who are you, you trying went, to impress? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> must like, have been a special she- day. Who are you trying to impress with your pants off? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what, Ray? The best part about this is that we came into this situation, this entire conversation, uh, with nobody thinking about your wiener. And now... <laughs> everybody. Yep, everyone's now, thinking about... Now there are concerns. And, and I'm, I'm with you. I am on your side <laughs> wholeheartedly. Yeah. The, the greatest part about it is figuring out the situations that I need to be like, okay, I have to wear underwear. Like the first, I'd never been to physical therapy in my life. And then everything <laughs> happened and I went to physical therapy and I was like, oh, I 100% have to wear underwear here. They are moving my legs all around and they can see it. I bat wing them multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm, I'm going to have to start tonying up here. <laughs> That's exciting. So oh. now everybody knows when they meet you at Gen Con, there is one layer of fabric between yep. oh, yeah. your schwans <laughs> and, their, and them. I'm telling you, for homework, everybody here, everybody mm-hmm. listening, do it for two days. No, give no. it a week. No. Give it a week. No. It's fine. See, no, no it's Todd, fine. if you say a week, everybody says no. But if you say two days. Uh, yeah, but no, this is a like quitting smoking. No. Three and a half days. Three and a half days. Three and a half days. 
give it three and a half. It would days. have to be the coldest day of the winter in Houston, or I'm making like a gallon of gumbo in 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> With nowhere for it to go other than down my leg. <laughs> I, ever since I've done it, I, I look down, I check my readout. My sperm count has went through the roof. Hey there, podcast listeners. It's your GM, Trevor, here. It's been a bit since I did one of these, but I figured with 2023 coming to a close, it's probably time. Whether you've been here since day one, you binged our whole collection in a week, or if this is your first time you've downloaded an episode, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Now, it's been a while since I've asked y'all for anything, but it being Christmas and all, we do have one thing you could do for us that would mean the world. Take two minutes and jump into your podcast app of choice and leave us a review. Stars are fine. Words are amazing. That is the number one way for us to reach more people. If only 5% of you dropped a review on iTunes, Podchaser, Spotify, or wherever, we would reach so many more people. If you haven't done so yet, Drop on by the Discord, wolferintent.com slash Discord. Now, let's get back to the show. You know who else has it wearing underwear? <laughs> Carmen, Carmen Rujani. Carmen Rujani. <laughs> I'm glad somebody else could get the segue. You want to know what? He's an unrepentant piece of shit. So that's what it tells me about you two. <laughs> No, you know who is wearing sure. underwear? You know, you know what Carmen Rajani also does? He chucks <laughs> grocery carts across the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> and he cleans seed. Really weird cross-section here. <laughs> so, guys, last week, there was a series of very questionable decisions made by the members of this party. Member. Wait, members? With an S? Uh, please, let's not talk about a member anymore. Yeah, We're done come with that now. Talk. I mean... <laughs> To be fair, I thought that my stratagem was brilliant. Cash Act was glowing. You fell face first into glory on that one with your uh, with your wellspring surge. Task failed successfully. Yeah, task failed successfully. Exactly. It's incredible. <laughs> so last week we got a little view of what the normies go through. I just said normies. What the uh, townsfolk go through when they show up at the gauntlet, as opposed to what <laughs> our gallant heroes do when they show up at the gauntlet, and. Uh, Things did not turn out well for them. Only one survived. He got rushed back to town. There was a mob demanding answers, trying to figure out what happened to who. Uh, the first person to hear this is Tovin. He tries to run ahead and collect everybody and get them going towards Dawnflower Library to stop the crowd. Uh, Billiam and Solus try to stay back and slow the crowd. Kashak wakes up, sees the crowd come and cast grease on the bridge and then uh, he has a wellspring surge in his panic and up comes a mighty wind to blow everybody across the slippery grease it blows down Yosef it blows down Tovin and uh, he casts invisibility to run past the angry mob and head towards the Dawnflower library Billiam and Tovin are able to talk them down with a combination of uh, intimidation and diplomacy, but not enough to keep them from going upon their journey to the Dawnflower Library, where Tomrick was convalescing post-incident in the Gauntlet, in which Clort Hengus and the rest of his cadre were slain by something. The angry mob is demanding answers. The party calls forward Carmen Rajani, who steps forward, 
and Tovin, we ended with him professing to cast Moonbeam at Carmen, where he stood in this crowd of people like an idiot. Wow. Now I'm going to double down. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now I'm definitely doing <laughs> well, Kashak was trying to call him out in front of everybody, right? Like, oh, I remember when this guy had that sword that we were accused of stealing. I think all of us called him out and we were questioning right. him, and he gave us an answer that Toby didn't like, and he was like, you know what? Zap. Exactly. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> Toby's like, well, you know, if you're going to lie, you're going to lie dead on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> so he cast Moonbeam. Kashak's mad at him, but not that mad. So that's where we're picking up this week is in this mob within the Dawnflower Library inside this holy place where a fight is about to break out between the entirety of the town, well, most of it, and the five of you. So, shall we point of order, Jacob? I thought we were outside. No, you're inside. We're inside. I thought we were outside. We stepped outside. We stepped out front. I thought we were like on the stage. When you said out front, I thought you were like in the atrium of the place. Uh, I mean, that's fine, too. That just wasn't what I was picturing. That that doesn't really matter to me, but yeah, that's fine. Oh, yeah, I I understood that they all got, like, the the doors came open and they started flooding in, and they're, like, in the main, like, the narthex, if this place has a narthex, right, of the church, or the, what is it? Library. No, well, yeah, it is a library, but it's also a church, but I'm trying to think of exactly what that term is. Because Narthex is one, but there's another term, and I can't think of it right now. Yeah, I had to look up what that was. I'd never heard of that before. Narthex, an antechamber porch or distinct area at the western entrance of some early Christian churches, separated off by a railing. It's because, Jake, we went to snake-handling churches when we were kids, (laughs) and we didn't have organized religion. There was a camel one time. There was a camel. There was a camel. Uh. Wow. (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, right, moving on. Tovin, you cast a moonbeam at Carmen Rajani. I sure did. Go ahead and roll. To he uses attack. a legendary resistance. Please roll a one. This is the only time I want you to roll. I've never wanted you to miss this one. I more. know. And this is when you're going to roll like a natural 19 or something. Right. I'll hit with moonbeam for the second time. Uh, I, rolled a, I rolled a six for a 15. As you cast moonbeam, um, you see something streak across the foyer from behind you or the narthex or whatever we're calling this area from behind you and what is your spell dc uh 19 all right this thing flies towards your moonbeam as it emanates from wherever it emanates from i'm not even going to touch that one with a 10-foot pole and it (laughs) impacts it and dissipates your moonbeam someone has cast a counter spell Upon you, oh, or upon God. your cool. casting moonbeam. Damn, they were ready. And you hear in the same voice that you heard before, Vandy Banderdash. You know, this is the house of healing and prayer. Like voice of God, not Vandy's normal. Pretty, I'm so you know, exasperated initially. Exactly. Enough. Not her normal, <laughs> but like I'm amplified so, and so deepened, tired. and and she sounds sorrowful and exasperated. This is a place of healing and joy. Do not defile it with your rage. And um, Osef steps forward. Yes, friends, friends, we're all on the same side here. 
that was uncalled for, Tovin. You will have to answer for that. However, we do not need to fight. We need answers, and we need to fight against whatever killed our boys in the Godlight. We need to find out what Tomrick saw, and we need to send somebody far more prepared than the group that went last night to deal with it. And it, it, to me, it only makes sense that we send those who we have trusted up to this point and that we continue to trust them uh, now that their words have been verified, sadly, externally. I think we really have no choice but for them to continue their work. Oh, and can we consider this a stay of uh, warrant for our arrest for the time being, Mayor? I've already told you what the stipulations are for that. I cannot go beyond that unless um, any steps up to Carmen... And he gives him a rough pat on the back, you know, not like a, a strike, but definitely not friendly either. Unless Mr. Rajani wishes to recount his testimony. I would gladly recount it for him. Tovin, you've done enough. This treachery. Tovin, keep quiet. You've done enough. <laughs> no, these treachery and lies. Want to slap Tovin in the face. That have brought me to this point. Can Bill slap Tovin in the face to shut him yes. up? Yes. I... <laughs> Oh, go I'm going to do it. I'm going to slap Tovin with I have a words. big open fist right across the face. <laughs> Tovin dies. His head spins around three times <laughs> on his shoulders. He pops his head like a champagne cork. It's <laughs> <laughs> like rock'em, sock'em robots. <laughs> Popped like a toothpaste tube. <laughs> yep. I have spent years culminating. I hold up a big rock and look at Tovin. Like, mm? I got a, a, a reputation as a healer. And as somebody that you can trust, despite my appearance as a Kyle, someone not to be trusted. In any situation, every time I have passed through this city year after year, here to help you with your problems, out of my goodwill, asking for nothing but the cost of my services, and your lies have completely stripped me of that credit. For you, I have no love, and I would gladly Take 10 minutes to go charge my moonbeam and come back and try it again. <laughs> but this is an affront to me, to what I stand for, and I would gladly see you burn for it. But for now, because of the situation we're in, because of, of, of dire consequences of somebody prodding us, a, a, a blood pool that we had warned you about, my hand will be stayed for now. But Tovin will remember this. <laughs> uh, you, you see um, somebody kind of step forward in the crowd. And it's actually the person that was one of the, it was like the maitre d' order of, uh, 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 or not maitre d', huh. the chief of ceremonies for the pasty baking competition. You recognize her, Tamily Tandervale. And she's, she looks like a bit of an old sea salt. She's a, she's a human woman missing a leg. She's got an elaborately carved pig leg. Oh, by the name of Lucky. Bear claw at the bottom says, of it. I can vouch. I can vouch for these men. They didn't take the sword. I saw. I saw it just as many as you did. And she pointed out among the crowd. Carmen had the sword. Two days ago, he was bragging about having the sword. I don't know where it is now. But he had it. How did he get it? He must have taken it in the. in the. fracas. At the cemetery. I don't know how he had it, but I know that these men did not take it. If they had it, they were given it by Carmen. I know that I saw it. And a couple murmurs come up from the crowd. I'm like, I saw him too. Yeah, he had the sword. Weird that this comes out now. Regardless, and he looks directly at Carmen, we do not have your sword. 
you gave it to us outside of town, very far outside of town, after a very sudden change of heart, which we found very strange. But we took it anyway, and told you that we would give it back to you the very same evening. But unfortunately, due to unforeseen circumstances, we cannot. And um, you kind of hear a stirring, because you're, you're in the, in the, the foyer area of this, mm-hmm. this chapel, and kind of just off the edge of you know, one of the first antechambers off of the foyer is the healing area, the healing room. And the only person that's in there right now is Tom. And you can kind of hear him struggling a bit. And he's kind of moaning and he's like, it's uh, the sword. She has the sword. It had the sword. It had the sword. You kind of hear that mumble over the din because you're closer to that door. Cause that's where you were adjacent to when this crowd came in. Uh, Yosef will perk up his head and kind of like shout over into the next area and he says she? She had what? And um the woman of blood she had the sword she had the sword that's how she killed Claude she had the sword she had the sword Yosef is going to immediately turn to to Bandy and look her dead in the eyes like remember what we told you about what we saw the first time we were there the woman the crimson lady who reached out of the blood pool and almost killed all of us? That one has the sword now. I told you, Carmen, and he points right at him, exactly what we saw. I told you exactly what we intended to do. I wanted to see what would happen if the widow tasted blood, especially Belcora's blood, and the widow is supposed to be the blade that had killed her. This esoteric magic and arcana is beyond me, but I thought maybe there was some kind of connection in... I'm going to say that there was, based on the fact that when we touched the sword to the pool, we didn't get it back. She has it now. Belcora. And he's like, wait, what? And Yosef will turn. Belcora has the sword. Belcora is here. You all wanted answers. You all wanted to know exactly what was going on in the Godlight and what's so dangerous. Why it's shooting magical lasers and raising your dead. And why it's denizens are now murderous monsters that we don't even know about. I don't know how deep it goes. We found another level under the floor that we're currently in. And who knows how far underground this thing actually is. What I do know is that on the ground floor, there is a blood apparition of a woman who's supposed to be 500 years over dead. And that is what killed the sons of Otari. It's the only thing that makes sense. That, and I'm also pretty sure that the other guy killed uh, a a giant spider. There was a giant spider. He said it had eight eyes, so I'm guessing it was the giant spider. That spider had a name, and it was Bite Bite. If I had to guess, the host of Otari came in contact with not only Belcora, but I'm guessing some of the midflits that lived in the ground level, who were put out by something that came up from the level below them, who, before we killed their leader, was said was put out by something else. Many tragedies occurred yesterday. Beyond the people that died, Heilbrook is dead. Kyle is dead. And for the last, final, father-fucking time, the gauntlet is dangerous. Stay out! And there's a murmur that, you know, comes up from the crowd. Are our children safe? Are we safe this close to the fog, Finn? I don't know. I would like to say no, but up until recently, that was 
proven wrong, seeing as how the gauntlet can shoot a laser over... How far is it out of town? Over a mile? Maybe more? Directly onto a graveyard on the bay. So if it can do that, I have no idea what else it can do. I would stay away from the fog, and especially at night. It gets crazy at night when the sun goes down. And I'm also relatively sure that there is a river drake living in the water underneath it. So no, I would not go near the fog, Fen. Mm. You and I have different uh, opinions on this now, Yosef. Because uh, if these are the way that the denizens of this town treat us, we may be safer in the fog, Fen. In the gauntlet. At least I know what to expect from them. I think it's a little harsh to take a a violent and loud minority as a majority opinion. I'm grieving here. I mean, we've all been part of a good mob, haven't we? It's easy to get caught up. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, Yosef gets a thousand yard stare. Regardless, people of Otari, I have lived here for almost two years of my life. Many of you may not talk to me. Many of you may not even know me. But those who do know that I'm many things. And a rat, unfortunately, is one of them. But what I am not is a liar. We didn't steal Carmen Najani's sword. And the gauntlet is dangerous. Those of us that stand before you are in a unique position to take care of this threat. But if you would rather question us, or if you think that we're lying, please feel free to go look. It's not very safe, though. Wouldn't, wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> the the murmurs in the crowd kind of die down. And uh, then one yells, Oh, Sif, can you protect us? Can you promise us protection? And, uh, yes, yes. What are you going to do to stop this? What Do we do we need more guard? Do we need to put guard in the fog van? And, and oh, Sif, you know, calm down, everyone, as far as we know. It's a couple isolated things that may not enter the town again. But these men have sworn to find Harold Ryston. They will find him. They will at least give us closure for that. And maybe in the process of doing that, they could find out what is going on deep in the fog fen. I know almost all of us have children have been out there, but now it is something has awoken. Now is different than decades ago when we used to play and think up silly nursery rhymes for what happened there to the things that once lived there they may all be too real we will get to the bottom of this we will be stationing guards at the cemetery and at the stone circle for the foreseeable future until we can make sure that this threat has been eliminated we will have uh, sign-on bonuses as well if uh, anybody does want to join the guard we're going to have to increase their ranks a bit if we're going to keep this 24-hour patrol Yosef would like to step up next to Osef and be like, please, listen this man speaks wisdom it has been a very rough week here in the town of Otari and now just like me some of you have now lost somebody else to this threat that presents itself outside of your town this is not the time for us to be getting in angry mobs and looking for some retribution mindlessly in the streets when there is a real and present danger outside we need to be together as a community, trusting implicitly, our lives may depend on it. 
Yes, he speaks wisdom as well. Protect your neighbors. Check in on your neighbors every day. We need to be able to watch out for one another. We need to be cooperating with one another. Form into uh, neighborhood watch groups, whatever you'd like to do. But we need to watch out for each other as well as for ourselves. I hope everybody has gotten the answers that they're looking for. In the interest of being completely honest, the Fogfen, for everyone's information moving forward, is dangerous. Do not go there until we are sure that this issue is fixed. Stay home. Watch each other. And please leave this holy place so this poor man can rest and recover. And uh, you hear who you recognize as Kilcano. Well, the market ain't going to open itself. And he heads back and he sticks his head back in the door after he leaves. He's like, that means at least a dozen of you. Come open your stalls. I mean, it's daytime. So. Well, yeah, I mean, it's daytime. Then, you know, it's yeah. morning, right? Yeah. So the crowd begins to disperse a bit. Everybody leaves with the exception of Carmen, who's sitting there kind of head down, looking dejected. Osif is there as well. And he says, that sword is mine by right. It's my birthright. It belongs to me. Osif's like, we've been over this time again. It belongs to the town, son. You've already frittered away the entirety of your inheritance on whores and, and liquor. You don't need to sell off one of our town's greatest artifacts for a cheap thrill. Go home and sleep it off, but I will have words with you. You say sleep it off. Does he seem to be drunk? Carmen always seems low-level drunk. Okay. Ah. I probably, I thought I made that clear at the beginning, but I I must not have. He's always kind of low-level drunk. Rocking a .03? That's why I'm so surprised by this. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you probably don't want him to drive anywhere. I wouldn't put him behind the the bridle on a horse and carriage because horses wear the bridle. (laughs) (laughs) I that realized my gap the immediately. Episode title. Yeah. Wow. Horses wear the bridle. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and uh, he kind of petulantly half storms out of the building and kind of tries to slam this massive wooden door and kind of makes an ass of himself as he leaves. God, fuck that guy. What an asshole. You're telling me. <laughs> I nearly fried him with moonlight. <laughs> In the daytime. Nearly. That's why I almost had him. He's lucky I didn't thwomp him. Osef comes up to you and he's looks contrite. And he puts his hand on your shoulder. Tovin's like, Tovin, I expected a little more out of you than such an outburst. We keep it under control a little bit more in the future. You wield a strange power. And with great power comes great responsibility. Oh, God, oh God the mayor's going to fucking die. God yeah. damn it. Yeah. <laughs> During this 10 minutes that all this bullshit's been going on, I've been charging my moonbeam. Uh, I look down and because I hear a tink, 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 and there's a pumpkin bomb on the ground. <laughs> uh, well, Tobin's going to respond with, that's that's fine. I will do my best to, to keep myself under uh, under control, but you keep that man away from me. I, I have no love or trust for that person. Um, my farrier does blacksmithing as well. If you need anything done, come to me. And I'll have my farrier help you out. He's probably about as skilled as Carmen is when he's as drunk as he usually is. So I don't think you'll have any issues. Also, what do you, you need. 
Do you have the manpower necessary to adequately protect the town, at least enough to make everybody seem or feel protected? Absolutely not. Is there a way that you can write to Absalom? Ask for some help from the capital? I can try, but these fanciful stories don't always stir people to action. They'd understand if it was bandit raids or there was a storm or something, but saying that this long-abandoned and idle keep started to spawn horrifying monstrosities, laying waste to the town, stretches credulity. Not to mention, Absalom is still recovering from their own issues, still trying to provide men to the continent in order to make up for the losses inflicted by the Whispering Tyrant. They're stretched thin as well. I don't know that we can rely on them to work uh, work any magic for this small fishing community. Humans aren't the only ones that live here. If you like, I'd be more than happy to reach out to whoever I can find at the Warrens and see if they'd be willing to help. Ab- absolutely. We would... We would always be helpful for that. I will I will also uh, ask Krentek to look into it as well. Um, I'm in close contact with him. He doesn't know quite what's happened yet. I suspect he will arrive at my home shortly and wonder where I am. But any any help is, is, is good. Any help is good because we not only are short on guards, but we lost men at the lumber mill. We have obligations to keep at the mill. It's not just my family, it's the other three families that have lumber mills. Well, while, that, while we're in town, you can count on my healing at least. I would gladly give that to you. Thank you, Tovin. It's very appreciated. Well, I have to be going. I need to try to assuage the fears of some of the townspeople and see what I can do to clean up this mess. But I ask that you can see what you can do to clean up the mess to the north. I know this is just frustrating. This is exactly the kind of pandemonium and civil unrest I was trying to avoid by only keeping a handful of people in the know about what was going on. Now a handful of idiots have to die. Well, <laughs> I'm in the room. <laughs> First, recover the winnow. We can parlay that into a major success as long as things don't continue to appear. What about the bodies? Retrieve the bodies if you can. But the winnow is paramount. If they believe that the sword is no longer in that thing's progression, perhaps they will calm. Perhaps they will forget, mourn the dead, and move on with life. And then you can continue to seek out what truly is going on. Todd, why are you wearing a bright blue latex glove? Because I'm waiting to do risky surgery. I am still hurting. I am 21 of 35. I'm just waiting for the moment. I could use some. (laughs) Wait, you're at 21. So did you guys heal overnight? Did you take your healing overnight? Yeah, but I only get four points if I sleep. And I was down. I was under seven. Uh, It's your con. It's con times level. So yeah. Yikes. All right. Well, now that this is the Osef leaves, you're kind of in there. The, the, the acolytes of Serenre have put away their scimitars and their back and their, you know, demure robes, the bright colors, the bright uh, uh, what is it, Kadirish colors or Kalishite, subdued. I think. Purple, purple was one of them. I think it's Kadirish, right? Isn't it? The orange and purple layers. I don't remember. Their Serenite robes, how about that? Okay. okay. Are hidden and they're in some more demure, less ostentatious things. Um, And they've gone back to attending to Tomerick and setting his wound, setting his, his broken limbs and trying to get him back in a stable condition. 
And you're left to your own devices here in the foyer. Narthex, whatever, of the Dawnflower Live. Poven, if you want the town to trust us, we can't just attack people we don't like in the middle of a crowd with the mayor. And also important upper brass of the town. Poven, are you aware that being counterspelled was the best possible outcome there? You know, I feel like I'm being ganged up on right now. I, you know, the, the thing is, you should, be, you should be thanking me for standing up for you. We were all betrayed. The alternative was hitting Carmen and possibly killing him. This would have sent the townspeople into a rage, leading to a bloodbath. We all likely would have died because of it, taking many of the townsfolk with us. You know I live here, right? Tovin, I understand. This is not a debate. This is not a discussion. Tovin, I understand that you feel wronged, but you were not arrested, led away in chains, and are now facing further imprisonment. I am. I must ask you, keep it together. Maintain discipline. I'm very disappointed in you, Tovin. Tovin, I don't think anybody is saying we don't appreciate you. We're very aware of the fact that we'd be dead without you. But the fact remains that we would be dead because of you if it wasn't for Brandy actually intervening. I gladly would have uh, would have went down for my actions. Well, I'm glad you made that decision for the rest of us. Uh, again, yeah, you would have taken us with you. I would have went down for my actions. We, I would have claimed responsibility. We. This is a we action. Now, oh, oh, so you guys were behind me 100%. I agree. I, I'm, I'm so happy that you were you behind you until you almost committed <laughs> manslaughter in public. Again, you the were car- behind me. Literally Tov- five feet. Tovin, look at me. I can't. I can't bend down that far. I'm, I'm going to grab three. you by your collar and pull you down. <laughs> you're, like, you're like bent over in half. It's like, come Spike in. chain is- out of the wrist around the neck. Pulling down. <laughs> And I die again. Or, or, or no, no. Like what? What I'll do is that I'll grab onto Billiam and I'll have him like lift me up on his hand up to eye level with you, and I'll grab yeah. your collar and be like, "You could have killed him, Tovin. You are a powerful, gifted spellcaster. Remember that. Please keep it together moving forward. We can't do that. These people aren't going to trust us if we do that. I like how you're uh, you're beating the dead horse that I plan on stitching together. I've already pledged. That I would, I would definitely not attack anybody, but you, again, along with everybody else, keep me away from Carmen Rajani. All right, fine. We'll do that. I've, like, as I said, I've spent my entire life uh, curating this, this, uh... Tobin, this I don't facade. remember if you... Re- do you remember how I came to bat for you and called the jailer everything but the skinny white man? Why did you not do that? I was wondering, actually. <laughs> because that's not what he is. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> no, I I completely... I, yes, I appreciate that. But, uh... We're on your side here. We know you were <sighs> wronged. But we also know your character. We're a team, Tovin. I agree. Okay. And I, and I admit it that that was a rash decision. And I will do my best to keep it under wraps. You and, will and again, keep it under wraps. This is not I a discussion. <laughs> Solus, aside, please. Uh, Solus is going to grab him roughly by the scruff of the neck. What exactly do you have to tell me? If I step out of line and you don't appreciate it, I want you to be the one to take my head off. That was the plan. Out of character, that was the plan. <laughs> <laughs> I had discussed this with Trevor. Yeah. I he was discussed, planning. I'm, I'm going to kill him. That's pretty much... Yeah. No, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Again, we do serve different deities. And, and I was friends with one of your kind. But, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, I mean... I... Tobin's not one to let that slide. Hey, after all I the work he spent in these thirty-eight years on this this uh, this planet of Galarian, trying to, like I said, curate this sort of uh, uh, credit amongst every town by serving everybody else, while I'm sped upon. 
Yosef is going to like clap his hands together and put his hands up like, I get it. You're angry. I mean, Loki, we should absolutely kill this dude. I'm also not I'm also not lawful good. <laughs> I I understand you had all this murderous rage and intent built up for this man who has slandered your name. Now, we can either sit here and discuss about how we're never going to do that again, or we can take all of this energy and these ideas and apply it to something useful like the gauntlet. I agree. As far as I'm concerned, the terms have been laid out. If if I step outside my bounds, Solus, you know what to do. And I would applaud you for it. I'm glad we've got an understanding. At some point yes. in the distant future, we could just board up his uh, doors and windows and light his house on fire. It'll take care of itself. <laughs> and in that, I was going to say, by the way, while I was casting that spell, I, bru- I really busted some stitches. Can somebody, I have a, just a second to fix myself <laughs> and anybody else needs some healing. <laughs> yeah, if, if we want to walk and do this, Tobin, I could use that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I'm at 27 <laughs> out of 41. Okay, uh, I can do two at a time. So. It's your con do, mod, do right? No, I can do two at a time. Times oh, your level? Well, yeah. you, you and Solus. Yep, so we'll start with that. Uh, let's do some risky surgery. Solus, you and I, together, sure. we take four points of damage. As bros. <laughs> to mutual respect, I'm going to murder As you, but take some damage. <laughs> We're like brothers. All right, but closer. And... I rolled a natural 20, so no matter what. Uh, so we get 48. That was great. Can you take some Plus your parts five. and put them in him? <laughs> <laughs> like, just for funsies? You need to start calling your higher low- roll an expert, man, and get some more healing done. <laughs> also, yeah, um, Well, it's it's pretty much the same thing. I just added 10. Retroactively, uh, did Yosef see Brelda in the crowd at all? The angry mob? You did not. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, 27, by the way, Solus. Ooh, I am full. <laughs> it is not Oath nice. Gate, correct? No. Uh, okay. Uh, I believe Yosef it is, is a moon day. Yosef uh-huh. will look to Bandy. What time is it? Vandy? Band- I keep saying Bandy. Because their last name is Banderdash. Yeah, that's what it is. Bandy Vanderdash. No, I think that's um, what I've been saying this episode. Uh, yeah, what time is it? I'm sorry. It's about eight in the morning. Okay. Pretty early. This is fantastic. I can have a riot and get over for lunch. Vandy, <laughs> you haven't you haven't happened to see you haven't happened to see Brelda this morning, have you? No, I have not. Hmm. Very strange. I've lived in her house for almost two years, and every morning when I get up, she's usually up before I am. What if she's not? She's at least in her room. No, so she never she was gone. a good riot. <laughs> I thought maybe all of the commotion had drawn her outside and she was trying to see what was going on. Maybe she was worried about us, but I have no idea where she is. And that's very unlike her. I can see you're having like an escape tunnel or something. <laughs> like she's already halfway to <laughs> halfway to Absalom. <laughs> I'm out of here. No, I haven't known her. I know she has her. She comes here on Oath Day. Let's candle for Lazda. But usually yeah. she's she's at the Rowdy Rockfish. Yeah, you know as well as I am. I'm this time of morning. Yeah, no, I I don't know where else she could be. She doesn't really go out that often. It's usually just either here on North Day or she's almost always at the Rockfish, keeping up. Uh, could I? 
since I've lived with her for so long, would I like have an idea of what her, her daily routines might be? Like, would I do I have ideas of where she might be at? Absolutely. Um, but nothing springs to mind. She would normally be here, or not here, but she'd be at the Rowdy Rockfish. She um, usually does her uh, shopping for provisions near the end of market day um, in order to save money because things are so tight. So she tries to get things that they're trying to get rid of. And on oath day, she opens up the doors a little bit later so she can go and say a short prayer for Lasta. But no, this is not normal for her. This bothers me greatly, but I don't know even where to look. She just might be out and about doing something. She's a full-grown woman. It just doesn't sit well with me. It's strange. She usually just checks in or leaves a note or something. Very out of character. But we have work to do. If I see her, I will I will give her your best and let her know that you're looking for her. Thank you. Uh, did I actually check her room? Yes, you did. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay. Yeah, she's definitely not there. Okay. Does anybody else have anything they need to do before we head out? I'd like to take a look at Billiam's wounds, but I can do that on the way. If, as long as he doesn't mind a piggyback. We could walk and talk. Yeah, I need to end with that as well. <laughs> walk and so. Yeah, yeah, walk and so. You're going to heal up Billiam and then head north to the gauntlet? Yep. Yeah, I think yep. um, Yosef would, uh, if he didn't send out that letter that he wrote when he was at uh, Odd Stories, that he would have done that that following night and put it in the post office. Yeah, it's been out. put in the post. It's okay, on its cool. Way. Send that to, uh, if it started with a C, Corvus, Corvus, Corvax, I think. Corvus. Corvus, Corvax. Yeah, I think his yeah. name is Corvus, Corvax. Yeah, it's his last name. Anyway, we wrote to him about Whispering Reads because that's literally the only lead we have on that. Uh, I, other than that, I can't think of anything uh, before heading out. All right. So you want to do your heel check on old Billers? Yeah. How far are you down, Billiam? I'm Me down too. 41 out of 56. So 15. Oh, okay. That's uh, not bad. Come on, do it. Call the higher DC. Do it. <laughs> See, that's the thing is, I mean, I could. Was it a 25? It's a 25 at that point, though. Don't I know, but you can't no, fail. It's a 20. It's a DC We're gonna 20. Need it. I'm going to need it. I'm going to need it. You still can't critically fail. I don't need very much at all. Yeah, all right. All right. I'll do expert. Why not? Because why not? Um, and I'm <laughs> maybe I should do some risky surgery. Just to get that at plus two. Hell yeah. Do it. <laughs> I, can, I, can, I can afford it. Help yeah. me, help me. Ugh, gross. Uh, you take three points of damage. Nothing. I farted harder than that. <laughs> um, okay, so I get a uh, 12 plus 2. 14. Nope. Yep. And then a plus 9. Oh, well, there you go. There it is. 23. 23. So it's, so it's 48. 48 plus, plus 15. Plus 15. Oh. But I'm full health. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even going to roll, roll it. it. No, no, I want to roll it. Come on, roll it. You see these Thanks. dice. Uh, four plus four plus six. Why would plus. it be plus fifteen? Because I get a plus five as long as I as long as I get above a twenty for my medic ar- archetype. Oh, uh, okay. Um, so four plus four plus six plus five. Nineteen. Plus uh fifteen. You're golden. Thirty. Also, 35. as an aside, <laughs> battle medicine, and I think we've been misapplying the feet is once per person per day. Yeah. Oh, oh, nice. Yeah. I didn't know that. It's yeah. just not once per day. No, it's once per day per person. Okay, cool. Excellent. 
So as, as we're walking, um, I can ask this to the group or just metagame asking. So I know we had three days to figure out the sword before we were. Solus was arrested. Is that still in effect? Because I know it was mentioned during the yes, town curse. Yes, yes, okay, still in effect. Okay, okay, just making sure. We were basically given a three-day <clears throat> stay of stay of warrant by the mayor, right? Yeah. And then light us long saddle. I mean, obviously, it's not going to do any investigation like those townspeople that came to our rescue, right? But if he did, you know, then we could be exonerated. Hmm. But we, question, t- we got three days to get it back. Sorry. What's uh? What's what's the uh, uh? What would be the reward for bringing in Solicin if he skips on uh? <laughs> what's the bounty on his head? Yeah, I just I just quick question because that would buy a lot of bandages for the future. <laughs> Warm glass of milk, just like Solus's personality. Oh, I, well, shit! I bought Billiam three of those in like episode twenty-five. So, <laughs> all right, fresh bye. glass of milk. It's very neutral and warm. Gross. All right, so you guys are gonna head back up to the Gauntlet. Yep. As you are making your way north of town, Yosef, you see a familiar silhouette. Um, near the stone circle, just kind of gazing towards the gauntlet. It looks like Brelda. She's at the stone circle. She's kind of off and away from the rest of the group, so she's not bothered. She's just kind of arms folded, her her coat wrapped around her, kind of staring into the fog fan. You can see the, barely the top of the gauntlet over the tree line, and she's just staring that direction. Yosef will walk up next to her and stand there. How long have you been here? I came to see the commotion. I didn't want any part of it, but I needed to know what was happening. I know he's alive, Yosef. He has to be connected to this. I know he's alive. You sure? I can't explain it. You don't have children, do you, Yosef? No. I guess call it a mother's intuition. But he's out there. I think he's closer than we think. Yosef will, uh, reach up a paw to her hand and hold it and say if he's out there if he's nearby I will find him I know you will and um, I'd like to make a decision real All quick right. and if it's okay with the party it, because it deter- it's uh, I want to take uh, five gold pieces out of the party I'll be honest considering the, the decisions I've made in the past 24 hours I think you're going to be a-okay <laughs> <laughs> There's one to make sure because I know it's like the party pot. I didn't want to take. Yeah, that's, that's I mean, fine. You, yeah. you just got you that's just garnered us fifty. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So because I was I was actually in the middle of looking up uh, what gold is worth in the Pathfinder universe, and I came across this article on Roll Twenty for the Pathfinder Compendium, and it gives you like a little graph of things that you could buy. Five gold pieces will give you a pound of silver. And a pound of silver in our common currency is about $270. A pound of silver? So that's about what I'm guessing, five gold. That's what I just looked up. It's way more than that. I guess this is in Troy pounds. I guess I don't know what the Yeah, that's that is. different. Troy's, Troy's not a pound. <laughs> yeah, like, tr- Troy ounces are like a it's special. It's Troy. Yeah. $327. There you go. That's that looks says. better. That sounds better. Okay. And Yosef knows things have been tight. Because he lives there, and he pays like a a a small amount of money for like the room upstairs, but he wants to in that moment hand her this and be like, maybe take a day off. I uh, recently came into something uh, for uh, some work I was doing for people, 
in town. So, if this makes things a little easier, it gives you some breathing room. Just take it. Well, thank you so much, Joseph. You don't have to do this. I, you've already done so much just by staying here and, and paying a rent. I don't, I don't know that they could have kept the rockfish afloat just without you even being there. Thank you so much. And without the rockfish, I wouldn't have a place to stay. So we'll call it even. Thank you so much, Joseph. And she turns, she kind of slowly strolls back. Strolls, not even strolls. She looks weary. She's she's heavy. She's deep in thought. She's she's slowly walking back. You know, you stand and watch her for a minute, and she makes the curve at the, you know, the the Y, the the fork in the road, and heads towards the town to the left, to the east, southeast. And she makes it across the bridge and heads into town. When I first came to Otari, it had only been a couple of weeks since Brother's son disappeared. She said that she saw him being led north out of town by some man in a black cloak. She thinks towards the gauntlet, maybe. And that was the last anybody ever saw of him. It's been two years, but she thinks he's still alive. What do you think? You know, sometimes people can live through some pretty extraordinary things. Anything's possible, I suppose. Are we ready? Let us waste no more time. All right, you head back up to the gauntlet. It's the, the walk up is uneventful. Um, It's a standard day. It's a nasty swamp. Stinks, oozing, biting flies. You know, standard walk in the swamp, guys. Yay. And you make your way up towards gauntlet and you make your way to the gatehouse normally I'm not sentimental but I'm dreading finding all these tiny little bodies and you see the corpse of a man he's uh, missing a leg which is on the other side of the gatehouse he looks to be completely exanguated there's no blood on the floor there's no blood anywhere he's just ashen laying there Yosef you would recognize him as uh, Carl Ungrith. He worked at the... Lumber mill. Giant's Wheel, and he was a regular at Crooksnook. This is Carl. He used to work at the lumber mill. Would come in to the restaurant every now and again. If our previous experience is anything to work off of, I say that Belcora successfully did to him what she tried to do to us. Toven, can you determine the nature of that of that cut? And I motion to the uh, where his leg was separated. I would gladly check it out. Was it perhaps... Is it a clean cut, perhaps, like, one such as what would result from a sword? Yeah, can I roll a medicine check on that? Or would you like to roll I've got you. Okay. Thanks, boo. In the meantime... Tobin, before you approach that body, and I'd like to look at Billiam and Solas and be like, be prepared. And I'd like to produce the spike chain and just have it ready. Are you afraid I'm going to cast Moonbeam on this, too? No. I just have an uneasy feeling about this place today. Which, by the way, I've charged you Moonbeam at this point. <laughs> I need to say it. So Kashak is trying to do better, and he's going to kind of um, walk as apologetically seeming as possible towards the guy and pick up his leg and bring it a little bit closer to the body. <laughs> so it's all, one, all sort of in one central location. And kind of walk, oh walk it on the ground. You're contaminating the crime scene, Kashak! <laughs> yeah. 
Can you can you grab the other leg and do a soft shoe? He's trying to respect his his teammates' religious beliefs. You would recognize it as a clean cut of a sword, just straight through, like, and a really good sword. It severed through the bone. It's not like at a joint. Okay. It's through the femur. All right. So so not only was it sharp, but with a significant amount of force. I, so Tobin would say, I, I, if I were to take a guess, I would say that this was the winnow with some power behind it. A considerable amount of power cleaves straight through the femur. I don't even know if Billiam could do that. Well, back no, he probably could. <laughs> well, maybe we should get back the winnow so we can test this theory, but for now, <laughs> we should move forward. By the way, when we get it back, I, Billiam, I do want to see you try. I'll chop Let's things. Go. I'll chop whatever you put in front of me. <laughs> um, oh, hey, I've got an idea. Uh, I've been studying how to, you know, targeted entropy and things like that. And and I got an ability. Uh, I can make metal really hot. That could be useful. Like uncomfortable to hold hot. So I might be able to use that on the sword that she's got, and it might even do something. Hopefully she can feel it. Yeah, if she's made completely of blood. Mm. I guess we'll find out. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not an expert at blood. Should we, um... I like your train of thought there, Kashak. I, I, let's let's put it in our roster of, uh, of uh, maneuvers when we finally meet up with her. This corpse is already starting to stink and stiffen. Let's take these outside. We'll bring them out and line them up out in front of the door as we find them. If by we, do you mean Billio? Billio and Solus. Kashak will grab his leg and, <laughs> and start plotting. <laughs> It is acceptable. So we'll take Carl's body in and get him out of the building, just out of this place. So go ahead and use your tokens and move yourself about the gatehouse. Remember that there is a restriction to how many people can go across that bridge, boys. Uh, Solus is going to draw his sword as he's moving forward. I'll walk across the bridge to be up next to Tobin on the other side. Get somebody. We're now into the main... As they're, as they're walking through, uh, Tobin's going to talk to Yosef. It's like... And, and, Yosef, I'd still appreciate it if we could go see what's going on in that uh, outbuilding with uh, where we met Tangletop. I want to know what happened to Borbo, and and the, it's I mean he's literally burning a hole in my pocket. I I want to know more, and there's only one place where I can get answers, and that's where we met Tangletop. No, I I agree. We have mostly cleared out the second floor, except for the uh, weird cold fungus. But I wouldn't I'd be lying if I said that the auxiliary building hasn't been. In the back of my mind. Like that giant leg of beef turkey that almost killed us. <laughs> well, we need not go that far. I'd just say we go to the library and see if there may be a book or something that may give us a key to to discerning what Borbo is or why he's here or, or just notes, a journal, anything. That, and maybe there also is some kind of books we can sell to Morlebin, too. Ah, good idea. That'll buy. Can we check on the Mifflets first? They're, they're dead. They're all dead. <laughs> Yes, no, please. We need to go. We need to go see Boss Scrog. As you make your way into this big L-shaped room that works kind of like uh, the atrium of this place, you see another body on the ground, um, and it looks like it had been impaled on a piece of wood jutting up out of the debris straight through his chest. Also insanguated, completely ashen gray, pale. Do we recognize this body? Do I, at least? You don't recognize him. You you don't know a name, um, but you recognize the face. You've seen him around town, but you don't know his name. 
you would notice at the far end of this chamber that the door, the gauntlet itself is open. <laughs> no. Let's, uh... Solus, would you be a deer and go close that door for me? If all the rest of you would follow closely behind me? <laughs> Absolutely, actually. I, uh, let's, let's not. No, I, I would, I would to gladly keep an exorcism readied. If we are sure this will work. I mean, if nothing else, at least it'll keep us out of view. Can we, maybe you could reach around the corner and slam the door? So what are you guys doing exploration-wise right now? Are you... I am on high alert investigation mode. I'm trying to be very aware of my surroundings because this doesn't feel right. We're seeking, we are seeking the Mifflets to see what, what came of them. Yeah, that's kind of... I'm over by this door to the east. Yeah, we should definitely head to the east. I want to go see Boss Grog, make sure he's all right. I mean, that's what we said we were doing. Let's... Yeah. We're actively seeking out... So we'll go east into the collapsed stairwell area where we think Otari fell. All right. Around the pit. Through those doors. Over the bridge. And into his chamber. Oh, God. There's a bunch of axes and then skulls in the ground in here. Oh, no. Bite, bite. So you would have seen as you passed through the area with with the collapse. I don't have anything on the on the map there. You'd have seen two dead mitflets at the rim of the tunnel or not tunnel, the collapse at the rim of the collapse. And there would have been two uh, spider legs laying there in here. You can see a couple more dead mitflets that look like they had succumb to their wounds because there's trails of blood coming across that that room that's almost like a bridge between the main building and and Scrog Scrog's throne room and there's trails of blood going to a couple mitflet corpses a big trail of green ichor like blood leading to the crumbled heap of bite bite that died just like a spider does on its back with its legs all curled up and then you see one mitflet that is missing a hand and it's bandaged up. And then you see Boss Scrog, who has uh, a nasty gash across his chest. He's still wearing his crown, but the edge, one of the, the spires of it is broken. And um, his trident has a nasty gouge in it. Jesus. They came from the town to kill us. We did not send them. Why did they do it? They killed my people. They killed my bite bite. And he goes over and he like hobbles over to bite bite. And he's like stroking one of his legs. Master Scrog, please let me at least tend your wounds before we continue this conversation. No, do not trust outsiders. You will leave. What's left of us will leave this place. We will never return. We never want to see the Longshanks again. Leave me. You're not to be trusted. Boss Scrog, for for what it is worth, I, I am sorry. We did not mean for this to happen to you, all of you. We did not send these men that came. What you mean and what what happens is always different with the Longshanks. Things are said that never are. I thank you to leave me. As you wish, your eminence. As you wish. Goodbye, Boss Scrog. And good luck. And, uh, Billiam, could you please lead us out the nearest arrow slit? I really think since... Since I leveled up, I can fit through it this time, guys. I really, really <laughs> feel Raymond it. has been moving Billiam all throughout every single arrow slit and just <laughs> shoving himself into yeah. the gaps on every single one of them. One of these is going to be the one that crumbles, I promise. Like, 
like an octopus if his beak can get through the rest <laughs> of the body can. Uh, before we go out, um, Yosef would, would turn and be like, I know that you don't want to talk to us right now, but did you see what happened? Only one of them made it back to town. We was... heard it and, and we heard what happened. We heard the screams and we hid. When the screams stopped, we went to look and one of the men flew out of the hole and attacked us. Out of the hole? Out of the pit. The pit in the other room. Launched himself out of the pit like an animal. He must have scrambled and fell in the dark. Idiot can't see in here. We ran back as best we could, but the damage was done. I've never seen a man fight like that before. He was understandably terrified. Tell me, do you ever deal with the blood lady? Have you seen her? We do not go to the lighthouse. We stay away. We never go there. The room is cold. We do not like the cold. Listen, I'm I'm sorry that this has happened to you. This is not what our intentions were. And I know that that doesn't mean anything to you surrounded by your dead kin. But if your choice is to leave the gauntlet, I agree. This place isn't safe. Not for us in town, and probably not you and what's left of your people. I hope you can rebuild from this. And I'll walk out. That's a rough break for these guys, man. As everyone else is leaving, Tobin's going to walk over to Boss Scrog and reach into his his uh, traveling bag and pull out three sets of rations, or three days' worth of rations, and set it down. Uh, going to clutch his religious symbol close, his, his uh, sign of the caravan, say a blessing over it, and say, My lord, I apologize. It's a paltry offering, but when you're ready, it's here for you. And he's just going to leave. He turns his back to you as you leave. And I cast Moonbeam. <laughs> <laughs> no. And we'll see you next week. He turns his back to you as you leave, and then he looks over his shoulder. He says, thank you. Oh, I was hoping he'd say you were one of the good ones. <laughs> yeah, it sucks to be a midfoot. And now that that cheerful, cheerful bit is over, what's the plan, guys? You've still got giblets all over the floor in the other room. We got to figure out who they belong to. So we need a push broom to get to 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 <laughs> uh, satisfy. You should have brought a wet vat, guys. Yeah, to satisfy Yosef's need to bury everything. We're going to have to glue you back together in hell. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to bury what's left of you in a soup can. That's why they call it a zoo. <laughs> Unless it's a farm. Unless it's a farm. Are we? Are we ready to proceed to the blood pool? Or do we have any other preparations to make? There's another I, guy in there to the west, right? I, there's probably more bodies in different rooms. Yeah. We've only found three of the five. Well, how, how devout is Yosef at this point? Ah, found another one. Uh, that's an ex- ex- existing thing that you killed before. I never cleaned it off the map. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm going to step into this room anyway and see if I see anybody. Nothing that you could see. All right. So stick together. No spreading out. Let's go to this room to the northwest. As you start to move north, you see the remains of Sean. You would recognize him as Sean. He doesn't look bad other than when you get near him, you see what looks like hundreds of tiny pinpricks all over his body. And he's completely ashen. Exanguated again. Exanguinated. We'll take him out and then proceed to this room to the west. In here, there is pieces of someone everywhere. Well, this is the room with the haunted... With the haunts that you dealt with, yes. Um, this is the room where the the kobold haunts harried you guys, and you were able to 
pull out all the bones and then bury them. And Solus did a lovely prayer to Apsu, and it was just beautiful. Yeah. So we'll, but uh, there are bits of something, someone, all over. More blood than the other places, but probably just because it soaked into the surfaces as it was sprayed about. The thing would probably take you quite some time to find all the pieces. Just out of curiosity, what are Ferezman writes when the person's been ground to a fine paste and spread about like wallpaper? <laughs> well, take what you can get and... It's the same as Folgers, good to the last drop. I feel like we need a squeegee to get this guy. I mean, a sponge in a bucket will do. We can. It just takes time. Toven cast create water. <laughs> I can't. I never. <laughs> I do not have it ready. I never will. We could. I don't know. This would be. Is there enough to bury? Like, could I even like make half of a corpse? With oh this, yeah, it's not. It... It's not paste, right? But it's okay. just torn apart. All right. Well, Kashak, you grab that arm, and I'll grab what's left of the other arm, and take think... it. Take you about twenty to thirty minutes to. To pull him back together, so to speak. We'll put this aside with the others and continue. Okie dokie. Can I get everyone to roll me a perception? You sure can. Just go ahead and roll me a perception. This is a plus nine. Natural 14 for a 23. 20 for a 29. That is a 7 for a 14. 14. That is a 14 plus 6 for 20. Joe, Toven, pretty much everybody that rolled above a 20. You notice something glinting near the edge of the pool. And as you kind of adjust your eyes a little bit more, kind of focus on it, the winnow is laying on the ground mm. next to the pool. Don't. I'm going to, anybody who sees it, I'm going to point at the winnow and I'm going to say, I'm pretty sure I can throw that at us. I was just going to say, <laughs> I, I have a new cantrip and I'm pretty sure it's the same one. I, yeah. It depends on what the bulk of the sword is. It has a bulk of one. Hell yeah. Okay. I can also just, here, I'm just going to grab it with mage hand. I I, I don't have to throw it, but I can just kind of, you know, move it as an object because that doesn't have a bulk limit. So I just kind of want to grab it and sort of like yeah. drag it, <laughs> like pick it up. Yeah, use it or magic. What's your range on Mage Hand? Mage Hand is a range of 30 feet. Okay. And I can move it 20 feet per turn. Cool. So um, as you begin to reach out with your mind, much like Luke Skywalker in the Wampa Cave upside down. Ah, nerd. And you try to reach at it with the... Uh, with mage hand and as you're feeling the tendrils of energy grip around it you feel that you have a hand handle on it and begin to jiggle it and it moves it resists like something's keeping it in place like it has a heavier weight than it would suggest that it does guys something's pulling on it this is a trap pull harder I don't think I can uh I'm going to try okay I'm going to use telekinetic maneuver Right, this is probably a bad idea, but I'm going to use that to disarm. It says you can disarm an opponent. Interesting. And I want it. I want okay. to try to just wrench it, like you like, like you, you would. You, you feel the resistance, and you're like, bitch. And I'm like, mother. <laughs> but I want to try to disarm. I'm using another place yourself spell within 30 feet of this location. There. Uh oh. Kashak, wait. Kashak, wait. He's already there. He's already within 30 feet of it, right? Oh, I just yeah. want him to get within 30 feet of that location. That's all. Yeah. So I'm going to be... I want to be off to the side of him. Yeah, How far, I definitely... I want, I'm as far away from it as, like, I'll, I'm going to see the thing and not take another step. Okay. Right? I'm going to uh, say I will be, right here. Yeah, I'm going to be right behind Kashuk. Excellent. So I'm going to... Guys, I, it's pulling back. I'm going to try to give it a good yank. 
Or go ahead and roll for your telekinetic maneuver. Oh, Solus, you didn't learn anything from our last. Nope. I did. That's why I'm not in direct line of sight. Uh, yeah, I was going to say that's. It's um, your spell attack roll. Yeah. That is an 11 for a 20. It begins to move, but it shakes a bit and nothing else. And then it looks like blood begins to pour from the blade, collecting and commingling with the pool that already exists there. And as this pool gets larger over the course of about two seconds, it's it's like it's almost like the the elevator at the Overlook Hotel, how much blood is coming out of this thing. And this blood shoots up in a column and then falls all at once as a column. And what remains is a woman completely made of blood, much different from what you saw before, where it was just like a silhouette. You got the vague look of the features and whatnot. It was still definitely tied to this. I don't think Kashak's seen her before. No, Kashak's no. never seen her. So uh, Kashak's got, you know, great big eyes and goes, well, it's never done that before. Um, and it bends over and picks up the sword. Are you guys seeing this? And it takes a step towards you. Prepare yourself, Kashak. And we'll see you next week. Oh, Kashak's oh, gonna die. No. This is gonna be bad. Oh, oh no, I should have died moonbeaming <laughs> Carmen Rajani. <laughs> then no. he could come back with a better character. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Your friend Tint uses trademarks and our copyrights owned by Paizo Inc. Used under Paizo's community use policy. We are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. Roll for Intent is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo. For more information about Paizo Inc. and Paizo products, visit paizo.com. Characters and original storylines are the property of Roll for Intent. Music for this podcast provided by Dark Fantasy RPG Studio, Michael Gilvey, Kevin McLeod, and Tabletop Audio. Visit our website at rollforintent.com. Any questions or suggestions, email us at mailroom at rollforintent.com. 